here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Peter Maritzburg. Seventeen minutes past nine, you are with SFM one oh four to one oh seven. Now it's not often that we do this because it does mean that you can't necessarily go and see the exhibition. But it is an exhibition that is providing us with uh, great insights into who we are as Africans on the continent, in particular as photographers. And interestingly, the F&B Art Prize was announced last week, and that is another South African photographer. We'll be talking about that on the show in a while. So the exhibition we're looking at is called A World in Common, Contemporary African Photography, and it's taking place at the gorgeous Tate Modern Museum in London. Why is it interesting? Well, I suppose it's interesting because it's more than just a traditional photographic exhibition. It starts to look at how we use images to look at our geographies, where we come from, who we are in many ways. And there's a diversity of artists that are currently being exhibited. I'm thinking of uh, Sami Bologi from uh, uh, the DRC. He works out of Lubumbashi, and I had the opportunity to spend time with him a while back just looking at his work. Then we've got Kudzunai Chirai, who now works out of Zimbabwe, but has spent much of his time in South Africa winning awards globally. On the line is Osai Bonsu, who is a curator at the Tate Modern Museum. Osai, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Osai, a world in common. The title, of course, talks to something interesting. Is it a world in common? And what was your choices? or What were the choices you made in curating this exhibition? Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I should just say that the exhibition is now open at Tate Modern and will run through to the 14th of January. So you have a bit of time to see it if you're <laughs> planning to travel to London at some point. Um, it's an exhibition made up of over 35 artists all of whom kind of celebrate the rich sort of cultural, political legacies, you could say, associated not only with um, identity on the continent as it's framed through an African lens, but really the kind of plurality of cultures and histories that are not always represented, you could say, at least not in a museum like Tate, which, while being an international museum, um, hasn't historically represented many artists from the African continent. So it was a really exciting opportunity to bring these important practices to the fore and to kind of celebrate the plurality of those perspectives. So the first section of the exhibition, for instance, looks at pre-colonial African heritage through the lens of kingdoms um, and kingdoms that have kind of outlived um, colonial erasure. Uh, There's a section dedicated to spiritualities and you could say kind of different forms of spirituality that sit outside of the dominant forms that we often see represented in relation to um, African religious cultures. Uh, You have a section of the exhibition looking at the archive and the idea that particularly after um, you could say the sort of immediate end of colonial rule, there were many archives that were abandoned and many artists now reappropriating those archives and reimagining those histories. So there is so much that the exhibition takes on. Um, and I should really say that the kind of thinking for the exhibition came from Ashila Mbembe, who's a professor mm. in South Africa, so you know, local to South Africa, who's kind of re- really led the charge in rethinking post-colonial theory, particularly in the way that we as Africans and African diasporans think about how our own history and our own past. So I have to really credit Ashil for sort of um, inventing that title, A World in Common. And then it was, of course, used for the exhibition to talk about the broad landscape of contemporary African photography. 
the broad landscape and also the broad <coughs> the broad lens. And I'm thinking about, um, if I think of very early Sami Baloji photographs, um, the work that he did in Lubumbashi on the mines, the copper mines. And then Absolutely. I compare that to um, someone like Kudzunai Chirai, who has become this extraordinary, I don't want to say fantasist in his photos, because that's the wrong word. Yeah. But maybe futurist, the Afrofuturist vision, but also the, the wealth in his photographs, as in the wealth of imagery, color, etc., as opposed to, say, Sammy's. That must have been a very interesting experience for you in terms of the, the curatorial approach. Absolutely. Often the challenge with a group exhibition is that you want each artist to have space to really kind of demonstrate what they do best. And you don't want it to be a situation of a a free for all, you know, where artists are piled on top of each other. So I think really trying to demonstrate the how artists like Sami Belagi and Kutsunai Shirai have sort of demonstrated these you could say exploratory um, and deeply expensive practices dealing not only with colonial histories, but kind of reimagining ways of storytelling that aren't necessarily fixed only within art history, but within this wider history. So if you take an example like um, Sami Belogi, he's really looking at the devastation of the uh, mines um, Mm. as a result uh, initially of Belgian colonial occupation and then further forms of exploitation that exist in the present. And these are ongoing legacies. So how does an artist capture those legacies and frame them so that new generations can understand the impact of history, but also maybe feel a little bit more connected to um, their own identity. Because we know that in many African countries today, history isn't always particularly, um, recent history isn't always taught in a way that um, centers African subjectivities, African perspectives. So I think Semi Belogi with that project Memoir is literally asking us to think about the memory of the mines and, and mining culture at the DRC. I love what you talk about the memory um, is when and you know the relation to art history, and I did see when I went you know into some of the images. There's an image of um, I think it's it's an from from one of the Arab countries in uh, I'm not quite yep. sure of it's a family portrait, and in, we know we've seen those in South Africa as well, but they really do yeah. strike. In this particular image, there's there's a striking pose where there's a young boy in the family. And he is totally styling it. I mean, he's like uh, yeah. styling it in a way that, that the rest of his family perhaps uh, are, are not doing. Talk to us about what that yeah. tells us. Absolutely. So the history of studio photography has a really rich um, uh, legacy on the continent. We know that uh, studio photography studios existed as early as the 1840s. And often they were spaces for the middle classes, usually the upper middle classes, to explore a kind of Victorian style of portraiture that was really about respectability politics and kind of putting on one Sunday best. And then as the century kind of unfolded, as the 20th century unfolded, studio photography became a space to celebrate African liberation. So to think about artists like uh, Malik Sidibe, yes. um, uh, 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 Sado Keita, all of whom demonstrated an interest in studio photography, really through this expre- expressive style. But then you had figures like Santu Mofakeng, who, you know, by the 1990s was looking at this moment in South Africa, you could say, in which um, uh, sort of Victorian, black Victorian subjects mm were being portrayed on their own terms. And this is a kind of radical demonstration of black life before apartheid that reveals something very important about the idea that there were these subjectivities, there were these ways of fashioning identity through photography uh, before, you could say, sort of 
certain um, structures of imposition that took away some of those liberties. So I think there's a really complex demonstration of the ways in which photography allows subjects to perform identity that might not be true of the social reality that they're living at the time. And studio photography is very true in that instance. When you look at the work of Lazo Mansouai, the artist you referred to earlier, those are being taken during the uh, French-Algerian War of Independence, yeah. uh, during which time many of these individuals would have been uh, you know, facing you know, real challenges. But in, that, in the context of the studio portrait, they were celebrating birthdays, weddings, christenings, all these things that are part of our, our everyday life. So it's an extraordinary demonstration of how photography can kind of reveal different subjectivities, but can also sometimes uh, sort of complicate in a way the social realities that we think we know. I love what you say. I mean, I'm thinking of the Malik Sadibe. Uh, I've seen a, quite a few photographs of his, but I've only ever seen black and white um, photos, many of them studio photographs, but that they are about yeah. presenting a different opportunity. I, I feel like I've seen one where there's a guy with a motorbike, but I could be completely wrong with that. But I had this incredible yeah. sense of the 60s and these people just throwing themselves out and about. It It is about saying that through photography we can, I suppose, reimagine a different me. Absolutely. I think it's, it's entirely that. And it's thinking about different relationships of the family, what constitutes a family? Yes. Is it necessarily about our, um, you know, the family that we're born into, or the families that we appropriate in our lifetimes? And if you look at many photographers in South Africa, for instance, Sabelo Melangeni, who's represented in the exhibition, uh, those are images of queer families in yes. the Kumbalanga province, many of whom would would have been rejected, you could say, from their biological families as a result of their uh, life, uh, you know, the, the lives that, that that they've taken on. But actually, in many instances, it's a celebration of a kind of deeply um, proud queer identity mm. in the South African countryside. And I think that really complicates ideas that we have around family. Um, and I think in some of the images you talk about with motorbikes, it's really that demonstration in a way of a kind of cruel, liberated culture, which is often, you could say, um, radical, particularly when we think about, um, you know, artists like Hassan Hajaj, who who's looking at the Kesh Angels, a group of women in uh, Marrakesh who are basically riding around on motor- yes, motorbikes. Yes, that's right. Um, and yeah. kind of, you could say, betraying the conventional ideas of Arab women that are often represented in the Western world. So really complex demonstrations of how photography can kind of liberate and reimagine who we think we are. Oh, so it sounds like such an extraordinary exhibition. I know that it's not online completely, but one could just do a Google search of each one of the artists. As you say, it's going to last until next year. For people in South Africa who may not be able to go and see it uh, in London, what would your suggestion be? Um, I would say look at these works online. There's a beautiful publication that we've produced through Tate Publishing, um, which is available online through various bookstores. Um, and of course, this this history is so much richer than this exhibition alone. Mm. So I would just encourage if you have a local gallery, if you have a local photography gallery, go and support it, support artists, Absolutely. get interested in their work. And I think you can do that locally. You don't need to come to London to do that. There are incredible things happening in South Africa at the moment. Ain't that the truth? Ose Bonsu, thank you so much for joining us, the curator at the Tate Modern Museum. The exhibition is called A World in Common, Contemporary African Photography. And as I mentioned, uh, Linda Kutle Subekwa is the winner of the 2023 FNB Art Prize. It will, of course, be, um, he will be exhibiting at the FNB Art Fair and he will have his own exhibition again next uh, year. Dara Kanyisa, who is last year's winner, is exhibiting at the Johannesburg Art Gallery that opens from today. 
and some extraordinary photographs that one can look at depicting South African life, but also depicting our images of ourselves as we imagine ourselves as well. It's 928.